And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the latest post-game edition of Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with Bill Huber. Coming to you after the Packers' 34-31 loss to the Colts in overtime in Indianapolis. And Bill, this was a game, I know we talked to the Packers during the week about statement games and measuring stick games. And as cliche as it is, and as much as they don't want to label it that, that's what this was. And, and they scored 28 points on the league's best defense in the first half. And then like they have in many other games against top-notch defenses in this league under Matt LaFleur, they crumbled. Well, what is your biggest takeaway from this game? I'm kind of in the, in the boat with riders on this one where I, I think they should feel better about themselves. I think it was a statement game. And I think, it, look, I realized that the turnovers were – the killer, but this is a team that just hasn't turned the ball over and like in the entirety of Rogers' tenure. And I looked, you know, I looked it up earlier. In all of his career starts, he had he was part of a team with four giveaways just five times. So that is, that is not the character of this team. And oddly enough, I think the Packers um, maybe solidified the role as a contender tonight. I really, I really think so. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it because uh, I kind of viewed okay. it the opposite way that they've solidified themselves as a team that will be in the hunt but they still have a long climb to get to the NFL's peak. I thought with the win today, they could have established themselves as the favorites in the NFC and a legitimate Super Bowl contender going in and beating the Colts. And that looked like what they were going to do. And even on uh, late in regulation and even, you know, twice in the fourth quarter, it looked like they were going to do that. Um, but they fell short, and obviously we'll talk about the, the defining play in overtime was Marquez Valdez-Scantling's fumble, but I felt this game, I, I wasn't as optimistic as LaFleur and Rodgers. I felt that, uh, if anything, this game shows that they still have a long way to go in order to get over that hump because this team kind of gives me deja vu from last year in saying, you know, they're close, but they just can't get over the hump against the best of the best defenses. Um, but we'll go to MVS's fumble. It's ridiculous the way the question was asked yes. in post-game, how can you live with MVS? I, was, I, th- I quite frankly think I'm professional and ridiculous, but that, that's a topic for a whole nother subject. But, you know, he had the 51-yard pass interference penalty drawn. He had uh, the 47-yard catch late in the fourth quarter on that bomb from Rodgers on third and 10. Of course, everyone's going to remember the fumble, but but how do you, how would you put that into context? Yeah, exactly. Like you said, they're, they're not in position to fumble in overtime with, without him. And, you know, the, and they wouldn't have beaten Jacksonville last week either. Um, look, you, you can't fumble. I mean, that that's saying the obvious, but I mean, where, where would they be without him? He's, he's really stepped up. The big plays have been huge. Um, he seems to have gotten past, now, of course, he'll drop two passes next week, but he, see, he seems to have gotten past that part of it. Um, he's becoming a, a key member. And, you know, Rogers Flyle says, I love the guy post game. You know, and, Say what you want about, but I mean, who, who are you going to put in his place, right? I mean, there, there's no one else. 
So you're going to sink or swim with the guy, and he has made far more good plays than negative ones last few weeks. Yeah, that's a good point. And it was interesting to hear how much confidence and support uh, Rodgers and LaFleur had for him after the game, and I think rightfully so. Another thing I wanted to touch on is the Smiths. And I know it might not have been the biggest storyline to come out of the game today, but you know, it seemed in pretty close proximity. Zadarius had two offsides. Preston had two offsides. You know, Preston's in coverage on Trey Burton's touchdown. I don't want to call them front runners because it, it's not fair for me to assume their effort and their motivation. But, you know, Zadarius has the sacks. That's nice. But the, the pressures aren't nearly as much there. And the amount of money they're being paid the guys we saw last year are nowhere to be found this year. Yeah, we got a lot of Preston Smith questions in, in the in the uh, Q and A part, so we'll we'll bypass those for because of this here segment here. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't it's, it's inexplicable where he's going. You know, at least Darius is making some plays. I mean, he had, obviously had the big rush that was a split second away from winning the game tonight. Um, but look, these guys have no chance. Not 0.1% chance. They have 0% chance of winning a Super Bowl or even getting there unless those guys suddenly start playing like they did last year. Um, Smith's going to on pace to get like half of his pressures of last year. Um, they, they, they've moved him around the defense. They've done X, Y, and Z. And, you know, he has the flitting play here and there. Of course, which is more than the flitting play that Preston Smith has made. He is having a, dare I say, a terrible year, um, especially based on the money. And you look at the salary cap situation for next year, it's almost inconceivable that he's on the roster unless he really cranks it up here these next few weeks. He's been he's been AWOL. There's, I, there's not much other way to put it. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it would free up $8 million in cap space if they cut him after this season. And uh, you you tell me this. Why, why isn't Rashawn Gary playing more over Preston Smith? I have no idea. Um, Gary probably makes look. You know, Gary might not make many plays either, but at least he's a tough, a tough son of a gun against the run. I mean, he's he'll show up there. I mean, time and again, you know, Preston crashes in, and then they and they run to the outside. You know, maybe that's schematic, and maybe there's supposed to be a linebacker there to fill that hole. But um, yeah, he has been pretty poor against the run, non-existent against the pass. Um, yeah, why Rashawn Gary's not playing more is a mystery to me. We probably need to follow up on that again when we talk to Petten on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, we've asked them that before, and you know, they just say, "Oh, the snaps are coming. We're still working them in." But you know, at some point, that the results have to start showing. You got to start yielding results. And quite frankly, I didn't think the run defense was bad. The pass defense—it was one of those games where you know the final result is worse than it felt at the time. If that makes sense, um, I didn't think the run defense looked too terribly bad. The real problem for the Packers. And this is only a problem once it becomes a problem is special teams. You know, Darius okay, Shepard so okay. lost the kick. <laughs> the, the Darius Shepard fumbles the kick, kickoff return um, at a crucial time in the second half. J.K. Scott indoors with a full field has punts of 40, 39, and 38 yards. Packers haven't been able to get anything going on the return unit all season. They gave up the return touchdown last game. Like, what needs to change on special teams? They 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 got to make a play. They you know I, I mentioned it to Menenga on Thursday, and he didn't really disagree with me that they need to make a play because it, it it's it's starting to snowball. I mean you had the block punt against Houston, obviously the touchdown return, and then and then today's disaster. That's what three of the last five games where you've given up a big play and 
you know, it's a unit where you have so many young guys, and, and I'm not ex- excusing it, but I'm just saying it's because it's young guys. You know, things tend to go the wrong way, so somehow they need to get a they need to get a big play. And you know, look, look, Tyler Irvin wasn't making any either, of course, but um, you know, who knows when he's coming back with with ribs? Is that broken ribs? Is that yeah? You know, who knows? Lafleur wouldn't say, but yeah, they they are in a bad way, and, and we've seen this with Scott in each of his three seasons, right, Matt? Where he punts really well for a while to start the year, and you think maybe he's turned a corner, and then he, then he just then he gets into this rut that he just can't shake. And, and I mean, they, they give away field positions like candy on Halloween. Yeah, and, and that's really what what does them in. Another looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The thing I wanted to touch on was um, LaFleur's decision to go for it on fourth and one. You know, you could have tied the game at 31 with uh, a Mason Crosby field goal. Or not 31. Um, You could have tied the game with a Mason Crosby field goal. He hasn't missed all season. Instead, you decide to go for it on fourth and one um, in Colts territory. You run a play action intended for Devontae Adams. He's doubled, so Rodgers overthrows Jamal Williams. What would you have liked to see on that play? I'd have gone for it. You know, I, I thought for a moment they should kick the field goal, and I thought, well, that's a, that's a, that's a long kick, and I know, he, I know he's perfect, and I know he's indoors, but if you miss it there, then you give it up an extra eight yards of field position. I, I probably, you know, in the way the offense is moving, you know, Rodgers had gone play action, I mean, that, that opening series – or their opening touchdown drive, it was play action, play action, play action. Um, yeah, I, I didn't mind going forward. I, I honestly didn't mind the play call on the floor, as, as he always does, took the blame for the call. But I didn't. I really didn't think either of them were bad. I, sometimes you got to tip your cat to the guys on another team, and that's what I do on this one. Yeah, here's what he said. He said, so we saw man coverage. First of all, it was kind of the mindset to be aggressive, and we could have attempted a really long field goal but just had confidence in the play, and unfortunately you've got to give Indy a lot of credit in that situation. We had Devontae out there, and they doubled him, and the play was designed to go to him. In hindsight, it was not a good call. Aaron tried to hold on as long as he could and tried to hit the check down with Jamal, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. What would you have done? What, what are you doing, Matt? I would have just run it up the gut. Or, or I mean, maybe this is me looking for a laugh here, but Rodgers maybe was joking about the QB sneaks, but wouldn't that have been a time to <laughs> try one? You know, I, need, I need to go back and watch the film, as they say. Um, to see if there actually was an opportunity there, or if they had that middle clogged up, I you know on, on the TV copy live and so many other things going on, I didn't I honestly couldn't tell you, but that that would have been a shot at it for sure. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, another thing, where did Aaron Jones go? Because a lot of people were on Twitter saying, "Where's Aaron Jones? Where's Aaron Jones?" I don't think he was hurt because he came back in later in the game. Um, that's now two fourth fourth and ones, I believe. 
um, in the last two weeks that Aaron Jones has not been on the field when healthy. Do, do you see any reason to that? I mean, I'm not just saying the fourth and one, but there was a stretch there late in the game where he wasn't on the field. Is the usage of him kind of confusing you a little bit? Maybe the Packers are trying to push his value down so they can keep him this offseason. Well, that's an interesting theory there, Matt. That's good. Um, hell, I mean, who knows? Um, you know, I, I can see when you need to throw the ball while you have Williams out there because he's so good in pass protection. So that makes sense. But fourth and one, I mean, and I know these are a little bit different. It's kind of an apples and oranges. I mean, the guy scored 19 touchdowns last year, which shows that he's got a nose for the goal line. So you would take that to mean that he's got a, got the nose for the first down marker as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting when, when Dylan gets back, if maybe they try to incorporate that and give that a shot. But yeah, I, I would, if it's fourth and one, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to 33 because I mean, he's got the vision. I mean, I realize Williams is more of a, a little bit more powerful than Jones's, but yeah, it's, it's hard to keep him off the field on, on those make or break plays, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we'll have to ask LaFleur about that. I know he wasn't asked about that after the game, but listen, you guys don't want to hear from us. Let's devote a little extra time tonight to your questions. I know there are a lot of them. So Bill, what do we got? All right. Well, this is from Alex Marino. This is actually a perfect segue here. Do you feel encouraged at all by this game? A lot of the things that went wrong were anomalies. That's a good word, isn't it? And I feel like this game is something we can learn and grow from as a team. This really, really hurts, but I still feel like we can potentially get the bye, get hot and try to win the Super Bowl. What do you think? You know, it's possible. They could turn it around. I, I wrote in my story tonight last year, they lost their 10th game of the season against the Chargers. Then they reeled off six wins in a row entering the playoffs, got home field advantage and came one game away from the Super Bowl. I could see them doing that again this year. And this year there's no 49ers in the NFC. You know, the Saints and Buccaneers and Seahawks are not that better, much better than the Packers, at least on paper. I know the Buccaneers were when they played each other, but there's no 49ers team that's that much dominant than the rest of the field. So, yeah, I could certainly see that happening. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think, you know, obviously you came out of that Tampa game figuring, my God, the, the offense has no shot against a good defense. Um, the Colts are a good defense, and Green Bay moved the ball really well against them. Um, the turnovers are obviously there, and, you know, they, they were against Tampa too, right? And you wonder with these big games, you know, you, you know the San Francisco game last year, well, you know, it was a long trip, but we just, you know, we blip on the radar. So they excuse that one away. Then they excuse the Tampa game away for kind of the same reasons. Um, and now you got this big game and it's the turnovers. You wonder if it's always going to be something. And I know that's kind of how you started the podcast. Is it always going to be something? Um, but I do think that the offense moved the ball today. Probably makes you feel a little better. Um, from Evgeny, it's hard to stop overreacting. So could you give me a fair evaluation to all three phases of the game? I know we kind of hit on some of this, but um, Matt, what'd you think of the offense? I know we kind of talked about the short yardage stuff, but aside from the turnovers, what'd you think? It was all right. I mean, the botch exchange wasn't great. The interception was Roger's fault. Um, the fumble is obviously what it is there in overtime, but I thought they moved the ball obviously really well in the first half. Um, they benefited from some Colts mistakes of their own. In the second half, they just didn't have the ball enough to get into a rhythm. I mean, the Colts were on the field for so long. Granted, the, the Packers offense didn't do anything when they had the ball. But, yeah, I give them a passing grade. I mean, yeah, it's nice to put up 31 points against the Colts. But when, you know, only three of those come in the second half in overtime, it, it's hard to feel good about it. Yeah, you mentioned not having the ball. I, I did the math. I, I crunched the numbers. To start the second half, the Colts ran 36 plays to Green Bay six. 
Not good. Um, Matt, you, you mentioned in, in our, our group text, you know, everyone's going everyone's gonna to pin the blame on MVS and a fumble, but, but what happened on that play? You had, you had, you had a really good point on our, in our group text. Yeah, I mean, we hear so much about how good Alan Lazard is at run blocking, how Robert Tunyon, Tunyon has improved in that area. But looking at that play, Lazard and Tunyon are supposed to seal off Julian Blackman on the edge so Lazard can make that jump cut to his right and then get upfield or just get tackled there. But it's not that second tackler who knocks the ball loose. It's Blackman, and he's the one trying to split Lazard and Tunyon. So MVS catches the screen, and Lazard and Tunyon do a terrible job blocking this rookie DB, Julian Blackman, from Utah. And he comes out and just kind of sticks a hand through the block, and it's bad ball security. I'm not, I'm not saying that it wasn't, but he just kind of knocks the ball loose. And, yeah, it's bad ball security, but, you know, you can't let a guy that's significantly smaller than both Tunyon and Lazard to get through the block like that. So, yeah, everyone will blame MVS, but I think blame should fall equally on Lazard and Tunyon for failing to seal off that block on that play. Well said. Takes all. You got, you got to do your 111th, Matt. Yes, you do. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, from NYC Packerbacker, how much input can LaFleur have on the defensive game plan and philosophy? The fan base seems unhappy with Petten's lack of aggressiveness. How much interaction and communication does LaFleur have with him and how much influence can he have? You know... Uh- I don't, I don't know. It, I don't have words to describe kind of – the defense always seems like it's back on its heels. And I know that's a cliche way to put it, but, you know, for example, on third and 19 there in the fourth quarter tonight with the Packers trailing, Petten seemed to put his cornerbacks 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, and then the uh, Colts get 15 easy yards on a little dump off and then convert a fourth and four easily – when they run a slant and, and Jair is a little bit behind on that. I think they did the 12-man penalty penalty on, uh, on purpose to stall time, uh, old Mike Vrabel technique, so I won't get on him for that. But, you know, it, it's tough because we're not in that building, so we don't know how much of it is coaching and how much of it is execution. But at some point, look, I've never been on the fire pet and train, and I still won't be, but they need a spark because they don't have it right now. And where is it going to come from? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's a whole other podcast here, but who do they have on defense? I look, they've drafted 800 guys and they sign guys, but on the D line, Kenny Clark, right? Is there anybody else? No. 
inside linebacker, you know, Kirk's had a pretty decent day. Maybe Kamal Martin's going to be something. But do they have any inside anybody inside linebacker, Matt? No, no. Outside linebacker. No, I mean you saw you saw Kirksey running after Michael Pittman on that first touchdown. He looked like he was in molasses. Right. We talked about the outside linebackers, right? The Smiths are nowhere close to earning their payday. Um, how about those safeties, Matt? Adrian Amos, the high-priced veteran and former first-round pick Darnell Savage. How, how are those guys working for you? They had a couple of nice plays early, but like you don't notice Just overall, they're out there. The season, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well said. You don't notice they're out there. So, you know, is is that Lafleur? I mean, is that Petten's fault? Yeah, maybe. But I don't know. I, I I'm looking at the personnel and. For all the money they spent and for all the draft picks, I just say, man, oh man. Um, you know, to actually, his original question though was, how much input does Lafleur have? He is like none, right? I mean, when he's asked about the defense, I mean, he's just like totally defers to Pettin, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's Pettin's. You have Pettin's to wonder if a change will be coming soon. Yeah, Pettin's like the head head coach of the defense. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm looking at my Twitter because I'm looking at these questions. And under the What's Happening tab of Twitter, NFL trending is Pettin. Packers fans sound off on offensive coordinator Mike Pettin. Well, there's there you your go. problem. <laughs> it's the <laughs> That's the problem. He's, he's running the offense. That's the problem. <laughs> Josh Reuter asks, does Tyler Irvin really make such a substantial difference on special teams? I don't think so. I mean, Darius Shepard won't be returning kicks anymore because that's two years in a row he's lost an important one. But, you know, maybe Tyler Irvin has a little bit better ball security, but he hasn't broken any big runs this year. Absolutely. Yeah, they've got some real problems there. I mean, there's just there's nowhere to go, and I, I don't know how that's solved. Is J.K. Scott on thin ice? Yes. I know that's another one from Josh Reuter. I would think so. You know, I, I, I want to be careful in saying this because we don't know what the personal matter was that he had this weekend and we don't know where his mind was this game. Um, but it wasn't just today. He has been shaky. He's had his good moments. He had his, he's had his bad, but if you're going to draft a punter in the fifth round, you better hope he's one of the best in the league. And, and JK just hasn't been that again. You know, if he did have something going on, then he's excused for this game. But, um, uh, I'll reserve further comment until until if we find out anything more about that. Right. You know, they, they signed the punter, uh, Drew Kazer. Kazer, I guess I, I don't know how to say his name. I, I'm, I'm a writer. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't need to know how to say it. I should probably learn. Um, you know, I, don't, I suspect they'll, they'll cut him tomorrow, but it can be interesting if they keep him around. I mean, here's a guy in, in 6, 16, 17, and 18 with the Chargers average, like 47 yards of punt, and he was cut because of his holding, not his punting. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they keep him around in, in some form or fashion. Um, just so you maybe have an in-house challenger for next year, kind of, kind of with the team already. Because yeah, he this is this is year three, and you, and you said it, Matt. When you're, when you're picking a punter in a fifth round, you need a lot better than a 39-yard average in a dome. Yep. All right, Rich, Richard Stovall wants to know. We, we've kind of hit on some of this, but are the Packers overrated? The only good team they've beaten is the Saints, and is before the Saints found the groove. I think they're rated just about properly. You know, a playoff team, a team that will host a playoff game, but at this point, not much better than that. And I think that's just about fair. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, they're good enough to beat practically everybody in the league, and but I just don't think it's the margin for error when you have four turnovers. It's it's hard to overcome that. So yeah, I agree with that. Um, wouldn't surprise me if they got to the Super Bowl. Also, wouldn't surprise me if they lost in the first round of the playoffs. But but. That's probably the true of everybody, isn't it? I mean, Saints, Seahawks, I mean, they're all the same in, in some form or fashion, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, they all have their flaws. They've all had their duds. I mean, the Saints, 
beat the Buccaneers 38 to three a couple weeks ago. The Seahawks defense is terrible. Yeah. Like all the teams have their flaws. It's just what day you catch them on. All right, Cecilia Bugface, who's always been a good contributor to the podcast. Let's finish it off with Cecilia. She yeah. deserves best for last. She does, but she, there's no joke here. She had a good joke a couple weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> it seems the defense plays the same way regardless of the opponent. Why does Petten not scheme to the opponent? Rivers does not throw deep, but scheme was against soft coverage with easy throws in the middle. I don't get it. I guess, I guess you've kind of already hit on that, Matt, with the uh, that third and what, third and 16, third and 19. Third and 19, yeah. It's confusing. You know, Mike Patton is one of the most insightful guys we talk to, but even he doesn't have all the answers. Um, They didn't really force Rivers out of the pocket today. They didn't make him throw deep. It's just confusing all around. And, And honestly, that's as best I can describe it with what we've seen from the Packers defense so far this season. Yeah, I really hate questioning scheme because I'm not watching film, you know, and I don't. I don't know the strengths and weaknesses of the opponent like they do, and you know I don't know the strengths and weaknesses of the, of their guys like they do. But I mean, Rivers is a guy with some limitations, isn't he? I mean, he's he doesn't throw the ball great anymore. He isn't mobile. His receivers aren't great. Um, you like your corners. I mean, everyone says they love and they swear by Alexander and King. It seems like it's such a big advantage that should be worth taking advantage of. I agree. That's a good one to end it on, Cecilia. That is a good one. We'll leave you guys with about 25 minutes of goodness for your morning commute. Um, Packers back at it again next Sunday night against the Bears. Sunday night football with a chance to take a three-game lead in the division. They still have a two-game lead. You know, the world's not ending. Um, So we'll talk to you then. We'll talk to you next Monday morning. For Bill Huber, you can find him on SI, Matt Schneidman, myself. I'm over at The Athletic for our super producer, Danielle. Thanks for listening.